Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Imp's LOP Radio Adventure, live on LOP Radio. I thought I'd try something out new this week where I go live a couple of minutes before I'm meant to go live. So if you're listening on the podcast version, how? It's happened before. How? <laughs> Here's how I ask it. But this is where I have to do a load of backroom stuff. So this initial stage, I can just piss about and actually figure out what I'm doing. Let's actually click to connect to YouTube so I can click go live whenever. So yeah, there's a whole load of stuff I have to do. So this is an amazing intro to it. But I'll do the main intro for the show when it's time to actually get into the topic of WrestleMania. And this it's fair to say this is going to be my first year covering WrestleMania with Aftershock for Laws of Pain. And this is, it's fair to say my first year has been unique. I think it's fair to say. Like, it's certainly, certainly a unique year. Right, update, there we go. It's fair to say it's going to be a little bit different than, like, oh, like I take over this one year <laughs> and then the world enters this. I'm currently in lockdown. I've moved up to my parents and I'm staying at theirs and it's cramped and because the whole family's come up as well. We saw what was going to happen and decided let's lock down together because we obviously the writing was on the wall. It was going to happen. So that's what we decided to do. So yeah, just retweet a link saying I'm live and I'm not. So yeah. But yeah, so uh, this is, I thought I'd just do a quick little thing where a two minute window where I don't have to worry about possibly being live on YouTube or whatever when I can just skip it and I can click preview to check my audio's working. Yep, and I can go back to check. I've got the things so it will pick up the theme tune when it plays. There we go. There's like a million things playing off. Right, it still says 59. I've got to wait till midnight. I've just got to kill time until <laughs> it starts. I did an absolutely amazing. I'm not sure if it's worked or not. Midnight. Bloody hell. There we go. Anyway, so it's midnight. It's time to go live. And I'll see you in a second. 10. Hello and welcome as I check everything is working and I check every turn up the speaker side for the podcast check out that everything is working I think we're good question mark <laughs> that'll be fine I'm gonna talk as if I'm live that'll be fine uh, hello and welcome to uh, my name is Mayor aka Mayor my, I can't really speak my name is Matt Mayor aka Imp and this is LOP Radio on YouTube on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast feeds I'm bloody knackered, and it's going to get only worse, because this weekend it is WrestleMania 36. Uh, last week, I, pre- I previewed week one, and also last week, I made the call to hold off the SmackDown side, like, for a week, like, just in case. Fair to say, that bloody turned out to be a call and a half. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just leave it, just for a second. I'm just going to check that out. Yeah, it's all fine. So, yes. Just, yeah, it was a call and a half, just to say, yeah, let's just leave SmackDown off. For a week, you know, just in case stuff happens, and bloody hell, it <laughs> does stuff happen. So that was a really wise decision. So if you're looking for any of the raw matches, I've already previewed those. I did those last week in the part one. Part two is going to be SmackDown. I've also thrown in Charlotte Flair, which is very Ripley, onto this show as well. Um, and it felt like I was previewing a lot on Monday. Now after these matches have come out, now this show is imbalanced because I think I've got like nine matches to blast through. Yeah, I've got nine matches and zero care for a few of them. 
but I think on the last show there was seven, so now it would have been balanced if I'd blubbing done it on the last show, but no, oh, my, this annoys my OCD that that's a thing, <laughs> that I did it, and it's incorrect. So, oh. so anyway, for this next hour, or however long it takes, I'll be going through the matches for WrestleMania 36 in a nice little preview. I'll start off with the big ones and then end with like the smaller ones so that people can tune in and then tune out when they've had their fill. It's what happens with these live shows. Or if like podcasts, or, I've noticed it especially with the YouTube numbers, like podcast feeds, people tend to listen to the entire thing uh, more often than not compared to YouTube where it's like, like first 10 minutes, which to be fair for YouTube, like making having our average be those first 10 minutes, that's actually pretty good <laughs> compared to some channels. But it's still, it's, it's interesting that YouTube, you see that drop off. So I tend to get the big stuff in first and then leave it off for that. It's one of the changes that's kind of happened since shifting to doing YouTube stuff as well as being live on Spreaker as well. If you are listening live on Spreaker, you can click on the speech bubble button and then that'll let you sending a message on the chat. If you're on YouTube, there's things all over the place telling you how to send in messages on chats <laughs> and whatever. So you can do that. But... WrestleMania 36, the SmackDown side, it's a little bit up in the air. And as I'm going, uh, this pod is going out Thursday night, which if you're listening live, obviously you know. Uh, so spoilers for SmackDown tomorrow with a couple of these. Just in terms of previewing WrestleMania, I've got to touch on these spoilers. So uh, I could say the ones are going to spoil, so when you come up to them, you'll know. Uh, so uh, the very first match, uh, Goldberg vs. Roman Reigns, I'm going to have to spoil what hap- what. What I know happens on SmackDown, which I'd, like, obviously is very little, but I know some things that are going to happen. Also with, what's the other one that I'm going to have to spoil? The SmackDown ladder match, which, which was booked last week in the main event. Going to have to spoil that one as well. Uh, just in terms of previewing it, real life circumstances have thrown stuff into the air and that's just the way it is. Like It is what it is. Like, I'm not going to throw a fit, hissy fit over like, matches being built up and then cancelled. just like... Given the situation, if they were going to go ahead with WrestleMania like they have, this was always going to happen. Like especially with like the question for Roman Reigns is in hindsight, should they have even done this? But of course, that's going into a whole other question of I guess the coronavirus stuff. Of people coming up with different names for what they don't get demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> but all of the stuff that um like it's, it's a real wide real world issue which is deeply impacting this so, and like Roman Reigns, what, the question for his match was it even wise to book him in it in the first place, given the likelihood that it, if with the virus reaching a higher point, he was going to have to pull out because of uh, the fact he'd just beaten leukemia, which makes him immune compromised, which means his immune system isn't going to be at 100%, and that is very dangerous with COVID 19 about. So, I need to come up with a name. I know some people are recording it the Steve Carino. <laughs> which I mean, I'm, that's quite a funny pun, Steve. The, the Carino disease, but anyway, let's let's blast this first match out of the way. The big one, Universal Championship. As I've said before, this pod airing on a Thursday night, so SmackDown has not aired. But I'm going to talk about something that is put out on SmackDown. So spoilers for this one. I guess jump ahead ten minutes. You'll definitely skip it. You could find out when I start talking about Cena, <laughs> Cena Wyatt next, but. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Uh-uh. Braun Strowman. There's a is it Family Feud in America? It's called. I can't remember what it's called over here. It's family something. Fortunes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yes, Roman Reigns obviously is pulled out. And this isn't. This isn't really a spoiler for SmackDown. Roman Reigns has pulled out 
on his own Instagram. Triple H has officially announced it. That is being pulled out. Yet on Monday Night Raw, they still announced the match is going ahead. They're still publicising WrestleMania as Goldberg versus Roman Reigns as if None of these real-world announcements have already been made. It's really weird. I don't know if part of that is they've made the episodes, sent them off, and that's it. Then they've all gone home, or whatever. I don't know what level of the editing slash production process they are able to change. Did they just send them off and then that was it? Or like, are they still editing them as they would for like other editing things where you can do it till like much later time now, given the technology? I don't know. It just comes off as odd <laughs> that they're publicising Goldberg Roman Reigns on the show. And I'm just, my immediate thought is being, well, have they just done like a full edit and then shipped it off and that's it? And they've not touched it, even though real-world announcements are changing the card that they're publicising. It's an odd one. Because, of course, I've seen quite a few people touching upon this topic and seeing like, t- watching different videos on YouTube, seeing what people's response to this is. Uh, it seems to be a general consensus of, let's not bash anything until Friday. Because in the world of WWE, Goldberg Roman Reigns is still going ahead. It's just that the real when they when they take those episodes that was still the case and then it wasn't it wasn't. It didn't go ahead. And a word is they did tape something for SmackDown which will air tomorrow on SmackDown. It's just a bit weird that it jars with the real life announcements from Roman Reigns from Triple H. Like this has been confirmed by like officially <laughs> from official channels it's confirmed that Roman Reigns will not be on the WrestleMania card he has pulled out, but they're still hyping it on the WWE television. It's weird. <laughs> of course, they were pre-taped before all of this happened, which is why I was thinking, were they edited as well and just shipped up and left? As far as I know, that's not how... The process can be different. <laughs> that's not quite how it works. It is... So I, can't, I don't really know how much to predict this. It's a... So Braun Strowman is the man who's been subbed in. That, that's the spoiler. They'll get a thing on SmackDown tonight, taking Roman Reigns out and putting Braun Strowman in. And... It's an odd one. Because WWE, it is a predicting. WWE are often one of... They're, they're a company where they will have the surprise opponent win. That's a very WWE thing to do. Of, oh my god, the surprise opponent won. They go for that shot quite often. So, Braun Strowman, for me, is like... He's kind of heavy favourite. The issue being that Goldberg was meant to be temporary. And you'd get Goldberg Reigns in this dream match. And then you'd get the... You get Roman Reigns put over by Goldberg. But Braun Strowman getting put over by Goldberg? It's a little bit weird. But also, if Goldberg's like, contract or whatever is still the same, then do they still do Goldberg-Roman Reigns? Do you have Braun Strowman win and you build him up for Roman Reigns to come back and defeat him? Well, the next thing as well, in terms of long-term booking, what on earth happens after WrestleMania? How do you treat WrestleMania? Do you treat it as like a end-of-chapter kind of thing? Or do you like end-of-book and then... Apparently they've taped for next week as well. After that, who knows? Who knows when they'll be next able to record anything or progress any storylines. So this WrestleMania is like certainly unique where normally it's a refresh and it also gets you energised, or it's meant to get you energised for what's next at the same time, like building the future as well as celebrating the past year. But this year, how how well, you can set stuff up, but you don't know when you're going to be able to capitalise on it. So this sudden shift to Braun Strowman being the guy who chances him, I've got no idea what their mentality was when they booked it. So I can't... So I can't, well, I can't quite... Because it moves so quickly, this this, uh, this whole COVID thing as well. Like, trying to remember what it was, like, an odd number of days ago. It's like, can you remember nine days ago what the state of status of everything was? <laughs> like, no, I can't. It changes so quickly. I mean, it's such massive leaps and bounds. It's a... Uh, 
it's a, d- it's a difficult thing to think back to. But whatever the mental state of it was, were they either thinking, which is going to go ahead and it's Vorstermann who wins, it sucks, but that's what we're going to have to do. Or do they have Goldberg retain and keep the title and they hold off Goldberg, Goldberg Roman Reigns instead? Like, do you hold off the special match or do you hold off the championship change? I don't know which one. It's... I Personally, they're in a rock and a hard place, but obvious, it's one of those things where I'm looking for a feel-good show. So this is a note I hit loads last week. That I don't really mind about the winners and the losers, how the storylines work, or whatever, who go, who's booked the best or whatever. My feeling going is, I, if I'm entertained, if I'm able to escape the crappy reality of now, then I'm happy. Um, that'll do me. I'm fine with that. This match is difficult because I don't know what I want. And I, in terms of previewing, I've got no idea what I want from this. <laughs> like, I, I would, would, you, would I have ever said I wanted this match? No. <laughs> this is, it's, it's random, but it's random because of events which you can totally understand. So... In terms of what happens next, it's like the randomly thrown together pay-per-views or was it TLC where like, everybody got injured or they got, I want to say the mumps, but I don't think that's right. Half the roster got injured or they got sick, so suddenly they had to throw a card together at TLC and he got cut, he got Dad Kurt Angle in the shield for a night. <laughs> we did it in like, one of the most mental thrown together cards. You get dream matches as well, like AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Just in the thrown together kind of nature, you get those wonderful moments. But also get totally random, which was that main event. <laughs> was for a night, Dad Angle was in the Shield. It was like, yeah, it was totally random, but it was super memorable as well. Uh, this card has a lot of that feeling. Uh, real life circumstances have in, have impacted the card, and it's kind of well, if I enjoy myself still, if I'm able to escape, then yeah, it's fine. I understand that real life circumstances really have shifted things about out of your control, and it's, this is the pieces thrown together, making the best of the bad situation. Using what pieces you could, which you know, was a was a running theme with the later matches that have been added. Like, I don't think I previewed the Street Profits last week. Let me just check my notes. Oh, I don't see it in my notes. Don't think I did. But yeah, last week the Street Profits versus who were they meant to face? It was meant to be when I previewed it. It's meant to be Andrade and uh, Angel Garza. But obviously, and I was really excited. It's like, oh, that's what I really want to see. But now it's Austin Theory and Angel Garza. It's like, oh, I still. Want to see that match? It's going to be nice and high energy. Uh, something which you can kind of get invested into a little bit, like a nice little fun thing. But it's a, uh, it's one with nothing behind it now. <laughs> Where but it still had nothing behind it originally, but at least they were all main roster kind of people, and it made sense. And now it's random NXT guys thrown in because we need bodies. <laughs> it's a little bit strange. Uh, Fe has done an awesome tweet on that <laughs> to do with the. Blooming! Oh, my brain is turning off. I'm. I, I, that's why I opened this show with like I'm saying I'm already knackered, which is great. Um, so expect this later on as well. But yeah, did, uh, Effie did an awesome tweet about uh, if you told me that Austin Theory would be uh, booked on WrestleMania, would be booked to do uh, appear on this guy's streaming service in front of uh, no fans, like you wouldn't bat an eyelid. But if I'd also told you it would be his WrestleMania debut, he <laughs> would have told me to piss off. <laughs> it's like yeah. This is such random. It's a I say random circumstances. It's a car that's been like that TLC. Is why I brought it up. It feels a lot like that. Was just thrown together. What they could get together at that point. It's still. It's just a bit. Um, it's WrestleMania, and I think I've seen quite a few people say that. That like it doesn't feel like WrestleMania, uh, which under the circumstances, you're totally understandable. It's got a bigger aura of that TLC pay viewer stuff was thrown together, but obviously. 
the circumstances surrounding it are much much worse. As in, as in not not as in but like bad PR or anything, but just like obviously the status of the world now, like the fact we're getting a WrestleMania at all. Like I, last week, I wasn't sure whether to call it stupid or commendable. It's it's in a weird grey area where where it's like yes, you could call it brave to still put on the show in these circumstances, but equally it could be stupid and people could legitimately I'm going to say die from this. They could legitimately fall seriously ill from collecting like this to put on this size of show in this period. So I, I don't know whether to call it brave or stupid. It could equally be both, to be fair, which makes it, like, it's, a, it's not a black and white kind of issue. Like, it's, it could be that grey area where, is it brave or stupid? Well, it's kind of both, <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah, stupidly brave, I guess. Anyway, who's winning the match? I've already said, uh, I'd personally go with Braun Strowman, just because it's so you do the handoff. Um... That's because the Goldberg thing felt random from the get-go. There's no harm in just moving on from it. You can do Goldberg Reigns without the belt, or if there's a chance that you won't be able to record anything for a massive amount of time, you could keep it on Goldberg, he's not going to be wrestling anyway, and then you pass it over to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam or later, because there's always the chance. I know people are talking about, oh, they could do a show in June. The likelihood, there's even a chance, like uh, the UK government have been saying that this current status could last about six months, and that's under the way that we're doing things. I know different countries are handling it differently, so, well, because that's our plan doesn't mean that's what will happen abroad, but expectations, there's even a chance SummerSlam won't happen. So you, you can hold it off for then. You can just put the whole world on pause. Use WrestleMania to do that, and then you can kind of do the final notes and tie it up on the Raw and SmackDown the week after. But after that, there's a very strong chance that everything will have to be on pause. You can't do a live show, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's so in the air, which is why I'm looking for WrestleMania to be like an end point. You close the book or the chapter, and I'd, I'd go Strowman for that, and you start this new chapter with him as champion. But I could equally see it being Goldberg, because his match is just final episode put together. It's been a last-minute replacement. It could go either way. But WWE like to do all oh, the surprise opponent won. They kind of they like that, so I wouldn't be surprised if Strowman wins. To be fair, to make him relevant, his career needs it. He's the guy who's constantly lost on the big stage, or when it's that big moment, he always loses. The Intercontinental Championship being first off the big example of that not happening, and like the exception of the rule of Strowman. But secondly, he then lost at the last pay per view, so it's the same again. <laughs> like his first defense, that big moment, he'd still lost. So like, part of the course, the Strowman rule, like you can get built up, but on that big stage you're always losing. So yeah, Big Show was kind of like that. They built up that massive story where him versus Cody, or Cody Rhodes he was, but then he was allowed to use his surname in WWE. It, it, that story of that match was Big Show had never won at WrestleMania. Just to paint home, <laughs> like the Braun Strowman could very easily enter that category. Oh no, aside from the fact he won the Andre Battle Royal and he won the tag team titles. Yep, <laughs> I, I I I write columns on this every week, on <laughs> most weeks. Well done, me. It's time to move on. I said ten minutes. I've gone twelve. I wanted to not be talking about spoilery things, just in case people did want to skip that. Uh, number two, the Firefly Funhouse match: John Cena versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. So uh, John Cena is going to answer the challenge on SmackDown. Uh, I'm not calling that a spoiler. Uh, I'm calling that, oh no, so I was going to do what there's no reference to realise the spoilers the second half. Again, brain tired, things not making sense. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's set up, obviously John Cena will accept. 
and we'll get the pre-taped Weird World of the Funhouse. Fingers crossed it's better than the House of Horrors. That is my bar for this. <laughs> like, I'm not looking at uh, like Final Deletion or things at their peak in terms of the pre-recorded stuff of the recent era. You know, I'm not. I think that would be that's way more wacky than. Oh, I was about to say it's way more wacky than what we get to hear. The Five Hundred Funhouse is wacky, but with the um, the undertones are deeply serious. Even though what you're visually seeing is wacky and weird and bizarre, but the undertones are serious. So I won't be surprised if we get. Uh, the, the big prediction I've seen from multiple people is we see The Fiend not send John Cena back in time, but kind of like send him back to previous versions. Like so, so like we've seen with the other wrestlers, but like happening there and then during a match at the Funhouse rather than over the course of time, we slowly see the aspects of it happen. Like with Seth Rollins, where he reverted back to being the villainous bad guy. Like with The Miz, he's gone back to John Morrison. With Daniel Bryan, he's almost gone back to the American Dragon, mixed in with the Yes Movement stuff as well. Um, like with Finn Balor, who has gone back to NXT as a heel. It's like the people he has beaten have somewhat reverted to past versions of themselves. Uh, the thing I've liked about it is it's the past versions of themselves, but once they've moved on from the Bray Wyatt stuff, it's those past versions kind of interacting with the way the modern world is. Like Seth Rollins, who was sent back to his like villainous, egotistical self, but that person in the role of locker room leader has a completely different effect and make, turns him into the messiah or whatever. It's not that direct, but the like the <laughs> the notes are there for it to kind of work. Same with Finn Balor turning him back to the prince, with the Miz back to Miz and Morrison, with Daniel Bryan the American Dragon. But if you put the American Dragon with the Yes movement, you kind of get what you've got here. And he was the first person to fight back against the Fiend after initially taking that huge beating at the start. It was, yeah... So with John Cena, the idea I've seen thrown about is in the Firefly Funhouse, you take advantage of it being pre-recorded, and you have John Cena essentially revert back to previous versions of himself until either Bray Wyatt just beats him, point proven, or Bray Wyatt essentially erases John Cena from WWE. Like, it would be a bit corny if they go that route, maybe a bit, (laughs) as in, you can have him either dress up as past versions of himself or show him past versions of himself, but to actually erase him from WWE, it'd be interesting. Something they've never done before, obviously, that kind of story. And that means he can't bring him back. Well, it was one of those, like, when uh, Cody in AEW says, I'll never challenge for the title again. It's like, you'll never see John Cena again. He's been erased. Like, what was his name in Fringe? Was it Joshua in Fringe? Peter in Fringe. Oh, I'm not sure that's right. I'm thinking of Peter, who was like the husband of somebody in like season three or four of 24. <laughs> and the actresses were just... 24 was amazing at getting actresses, actresses and actresses that aren't actually that bad. But you put them in 24 and they're awful. <laughs> it's just the line delivery and everything is hilarious. Like The eye lines are off and to get a bit nerdy there. It's just oh, it's something about 24. I both love that show and laugh at it because... Somehow it turned good actors into crap actors, <laughs> which I thought was an amazing ability. I'm getting a little bit distracted, um, and I've completely lost... But yeah, what's his face on Fringe, who at the end of season three gets erased from all existence? <laughs> like, do you do that with John Cena? And you have the cast and the commentators all like, who? I, I don't know. You literally can't see him. He's li- no one can see him. He's been wiped from existence. Uh, when in reality he's probably just working off in Hollywood he's just been wiped from the WWE universe and then he can bring him back in a couple of years and it'll be a big moment I guess uh, it's something different something extremely wacky I don't know if you could do it and it not be over the top but I've seen quite a few people give out that idea do I want that to happen? 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's too meta in a way. It'll be too weird an ending rather than just like a brawl with weird stuff happening. He can show in the past versions of himself or even have him dress up as them, but not actually get go further and further back and get raised or anything like that. I just have Bray Wyatt beat him up and eventually win. <laughs> that's the important part for me. Bray Wyatt wins. He sends Cena packing away. The other idea is... Not very WWE, which I think is my main point here. It's quite supernaturally. You'd see it happening in Lucha Underground with the pre-taped... No, not nonsense, but the pre-taped shenanigans and the more supernatural nature of that world. Um, The more kind of... WWE weirdly go for more grounded stuff. Even when they're doing Bizarre, they don't want to go too far with it. Well, it's like... You see, with AW already, they're perfectly fine to go right into Bizarre. (laughs) Like, no matter how... Like comfortable the mass audiences with it, they they're letting the talent run wild with it. Do we always pretty grounded, even if they go crazy or like to go a little bit weird with something? It's trying to be grounded as well as being weird, which oftentimes pulls something back. But with something like this, I don't know if it might save it or if it might be like this needed to go full Bray uh, White playing mind games or whatever. I don't know to what level, and because it's pre-taped, you can do anything with it. So. I don't know how wacky they get with it, is the answer with it. But, end of the day, Bray Wyatt really does need to win. This to be, I think last week I kind of plugged this uh, WrestleMania as, is this the year we see a shift towards the future? Like, finally, WWE let go a bit, outside of Saudi Arabia shows, which means they can't ever let go because of the Saudi deal. But in terms of, like, the grand scope, at WrestleMania, they start to let go of the past, and all these people from the past put over the people from the future. I don't know if that's going to be the case. That's what I want to happen. That's what I've been calling for years. Sometimes it happens and then they take a few steps back. And yeah, the current generation just not getting that that WrestleMania moment followed up by the stuff afterwards to kind of cement that. If they get the big moment, it doesn't get cemented during the summer. And then you're back to square one again come WrestleMania next year. This year is massively different where you get WrestleMania, then you get your Raw Smackdown afterwards, and then you got a massive gap potentially of nothing. So you can just pick up from there, which it means you can't muck it up. <laughs> if you're not writing any stories and you're not putting on any show, that means you can't accidentally destroy a character. Everybody's final memory will be WrestleMania and Raw SmackDown, which could be, end up being a good thing, just for this like longer term, kind of trying to keep WWE all, all the characters together or whatever. Uh, but you could, yeah, so you could end it on a w- wacky cliffhangery type of thing. With John Cena being right from existence, or you just have Bray Wyatt win and you put Bray Wyatt over. I don't know if my first one puts him over strongly enough. Or do you want to do that? Are you setting up Cena Wyatt in a different manner? I don't know. Things have changed so strongly and so much that who knows what's going to happen on this show. Right, 25 minutes in, and I have got to move on because there's so many matches. I've only done two, which is insane. Right, next up. The NXT Women's Championship, Ray Ripley versus the Women's Royal Rumble winner, Charlotte Flair. I did the Men's Royal Rumble winner, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar last week. As Obviously, that's on the Raw side, but I put the NXT Women's Championship on here because I was thinking, oh, there's enough matches already on this Raw side. There won't be too many going to come SmackDown next week, maybe one added or so. Nope, a load of bollocks. <laughs> so now suddenly I've got nine shows to be through, nine uh, matches to be through. Uh, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. It's an interesting one where uh, like a lot of the talk has been, or oh, Charlotte Flair's not moved the needle. For that stuff, I don't really care. It's the quality of the uh, like the stories and the. Uh, I'm a really big uh, story means a lot to me in wrestling, and if your story doesn't have any continuity, it doesn't make sense, especially long term. 
then I'm going to start to have issues, which is like one of my big issues with WWE is long-term. Their stuff doesn't make sense. You don't have to do long-term story writing all the time, but it has to be have continuity. It has to make sense. Otherwise, you're being punished for watching. Uh, and this is the setting up the future. So if you've become invested in Ray Ripley in NXT, you're more rewarded for this. And Charlotte Flair, if you understand kind of the nature of her character of last year in the feud of Becky Lynch, that really adds to this one compared to seeing her as the winner and then doing a few heelish things. Like, yeah, I like little touches like that. And there's all the other connotations of the other women in NXT that Charlotte Flair has kind of pushed aside and pissed off. So you could either use... So in terms of predictions, either you put over Rhea Ripley incredibly strongly, or you do the like the lightly WWE tactic that I know quite a few people are going in expecting. I'm not, I don't know what to expect, because of course, like, Outside world uh, influences could just mean they go for the full-on feel-good factor and you don't get many out-there things and it's kind of a nice watch, it's enjoyable. I don't know which way they'll go. But you could have, you could have Charlotte Flair win and be the dickhead champion in NXT and she brings a few more eyes to NXT, but it's uh, I feel like she is main, main roster to the point of her going to NXT would feel like a weird demotion when that's not what they would mean at all. But NXT isn't that grand stage of Raw SmackDown. Charlotte Flair is like the WrestleMania presence. She's reached that point where there is that grander presence for her. And that's really important, really, in building these kind of matches. It, feel, it feels like Ray Ripley is stepping up. If Charlotte Flair goes down to NXT, I'm not sure it has the same effect. So, personally, that is the reason I think that Charlotte Flair doesn't win here. You can use it temporarily, I guess, for Charlotte Flair to beat up people. She beats Ray Ripley, and that's kind of the... Point of the story is then somebody else in NXT steps up and beats her. Uh, I'm ready for Rhea Ripley to be on the main roster. I'll be honest. Uh, she's uh, she's only just joined NXT, really taken over and beating Shayna Baszler. But she's uh, this match against Charlotte Flair. Like this could be her proving point, and I really feel like like she's ready for that point. <laughs> like, I am excited to see Rhea Ripley on the main roster. Just got, there's something about her. She's really young though, so you don't have to rush it. It's just yeah, when you watch, it's like she's ready. I think obviously I don't know like the behind the scenes mentality of the person, but when you look at her on screen, like, on screen wise, that yeah, yeah, and this this feud for me has proven that, and that's that's good to see. That's awesome to see, especially when it's a young wrestler and proving in a prove yourself match against a vet. Not a vet. Well, is, she, is Charlotte Flair a veteran now? I guess it's been four or five years. Twenty fifteen when they got called up. So yeah, I guess five years makes you a veteran in WWE. But yes, it's the the present, the star in Charlotte Flair against the rocker future in Ray Ripley. Who, yeah. I'm going around in circles because I'm tired. <laughs> Amazing WrestleMania preview. Uh, but who is likely to win? Again, real life circumstances throw that into the air. I think I've said already who I'd like to win. I'd, I'd go with Ray Ripley. She defeats Charlotte Flair and really proves the point gets put over. What might WWE do? Maybe Charlotte Flair wins, and what would have been the plan is she goes down to NXT, bosses around for a little while before somebody else steps up and beats her. Or she holds the title on the main roster, gives that a lot of presence, and that allows other NXT wrestlers to jump onto the main roster. Face her, she can even defend the belt on Raw or whatever. Uh, just different dynamics mix it up. That said, with what is happening in the world right now, you maybe can't do any of that, and her being champion becomes a little bit weird. Who knows? There's multiple ways you can go. Normally that's a good thing, but it's more to do with, because we don't know what happens after this, how do you close the chapter? How do, like, how do you finish off a Game of Thrones book before leaving it and going to the next one? I'm not saying I'm expecting that level of writing. <laughs> it's at that point of trying to wrap everything up. There is a reason 
that George R. R. Martin has really has taken absolutely ages to wrap up that final book or books plural. Like that cannot be easy to like wrap that up and kind of finish it. But it also means it could go in multiple directions. Ripley versus Flair. I don't know how you tie that up, especially as WrestleMania could be the end of one of the books, for example, and you got a little while to wait for the next one. Yeah. This one a little bit different though. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, the Intercontinental Championship match. One which is just like, yeah, I guess this is an apology letter and a thank you. Just thank, uh, just thank you for watching everybody and here's a nice present in Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. It's like, oh, cool <laughs> yes a one on one match that I would never expect to get and boy am I happy to see it I don't know if it's another example of well we've got to these are the people we've got we might as well put them in the ring together but they like Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan Drew Gulak Shinsuke Nakamura Cesaro and Sami Zayn those five people together in every single week on Smackdown they've been gold I've every single time they are wrestling I kind of forget the arena that there's nobody there uh, I don't know if it's because of the frantic nature of the stuff going on. Sami Zayn and commentary is great. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gellick, I love their chemistry. I love what they've got going on. It's a it's an interesting one. When it comes to this match, it feels like there's a... The issue is that that builds up the expectation of shenanigans, which is why I was saying it was interesting. Do they give us Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Or... Do they give us Sami Zayn, the leader of this mini faction, versus Daniel Bryan, who is also teaming up with Drew Gulak, and he got interferences and nonsense all over the place? Which one do we get? Sami Zayn character screams that he's going to have Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro interfere, and I remember saying last year, uh, I think it was in it was when I was doing my post show after WrestleMania, I think I was joined by Burn as well, my former co-host at that point, and I was just saying. I wouldn't I wouldn't find it surprising if every single year Shinsuke Nakamura, no matter how relevant he is, finds his way onto an actual match on the card every single year. <laughs> like last year Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura had nothing and suddenly they're in a tag team match on the main card. Um, yeah, Rusev the year before was kind of doing nothing and suddenly he's in the United States Championship. So yeah, just find a way into something. And this would be it for Shinsuke Nakamura to be either alongside Sami Zayn or to be at least present interfering. Obviously, with all of the outside stuff, you want as little people in the ring as possible. But they've got a five-person match in there as well with the SmackDown Women's Championship, which I'll be previewing next. But it's... Uh, see, I don't know if you've had too many people about it. It's a little bit risky. <laughs> but they should give us the just enough time to enjoy this one. Or you kind of... The, the referee's like, oh, sod all this interference. I want all this. This is, this is WrestleMania, damn it. That we're going to finally get rid of all that stuff. Uh, Triple H promising that WrestleMania is still going to look awesome. We still put loads of money into this set and this budget. Obviously, you don't know how true that is given the amount of time and space they had to do it. And availability to get products in as well wouldn't have been easy. But it's... I've, I've drifted a little bit with that one. I have to walk back. <laughs> Sam Davis Daniel Bryan. It screams a chance for shenanigans and nonsense... In a match where it's Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, where obviously the inner wrestling nerd is just like, oh, if these were two were given time, I can I let loose to put on a WrestleMania match? I am damn excited for that. If it's WWE and it's kind of they use the setup to cause loads of interferences and things, and this match never really truly gets going into WrestleMania scene, sorry, WrestleMania kind of level then oh, that might suck a bit. There are other matches that can do it. Like Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins feels like another treat. 
So like that's why I'm expecting this match and that match to be on a different show. Like on both nights, you've got your, I guess, the indie darling <laughs> match, which people can like the inner nerds can go just give them fifteen twenty minutes, and they can do that, and you can just draw over that. Because variety is a big thing. I wouldn't have this and Kevin Owens uh, versus Seth Rollins on the same show because of that reason. But it, but will they actually do that, or will this be full of shenanigans? It's Daniel Bryan, damn it, <laughs> give him his WrestleMania match. Uh, but yeah. Uh, in terms of who wins, I'd go with Daniel Bryan. I think um, I saw I was talking to somebody. Can't remember who it was. It was thinking it was too early for Sami Zayn. But personally, it's Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Let him have that Intercontinental Championship reign. Again, it sucks that we won't be able to see him after this. Really defend it. Again, I'm talking as if it's a given that we won't see anything more. There's a very high chance, rather than it definitely being the case. This is such a unique circumstance as well. I don't know how to assess it. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Bryan wins, and he can. Whenever things kick up again, you can have Daniel Bryan have the Intercontinental Championship run he was always meant to have until he got his concussion the year before. Right next up, the SmackDown Women's Championship champion Bailey defending against Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Naomi. No Dana Brooke, who I think started isolating after she either showed symptoms and then isolated or did pull back. I can't remember why. Uh, so this feels a bit like whoever's there, in you go. Uh, Tamina is the, well, Carmelo was injured. So Carmelo wasn't available. Then Dana Brooke wasn't available. I guess we'll use Tamina. Which means this is Tamina's third WrestleMania title match. Because <laughs> if I'm right, she was in, I think it was WrestleMania 33. She was in the uh, like multi-woman match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Then last year, she was in the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we're teaming with Nia Jax. And then this year... She's found herself in the SmackDown Women's Championship <laughs> five-way match. Uh, and last week they were building Tamina up as a threat because, of course, as soon as the name's announced, she's not a threat. She's not been about, and when she has, she hasn't won. So why would she be a threat? Last week was all about that. I don't know if they'll continue that a little bit this week on SmackDown. But, but yeah, again, I'm not criticising it too much given the real-life circumstances. If they wanted a fifth body... You you call in somebody. You pull, you call in one of your employees. <laughs> you go down the chain. Eventually, you get to somebody. Uh, Tamina was that someone. And it's and I understand not bringing up an NXT filler like done with the tag match. This feels a little bit different because they're given a trait to Zelina Vega by doing that. If there's an NXT women in this match, it kind of defeats the point of the NXT Women's Championship early in the night. So yeah, I'm perfectly fine with just five women that they could get together <laughs> on the SmackDown roster. Uh, in terms of who wins, either... Ba- so I feel like it's going to come around to Bailey, Sasha Banks. Lacey Evans, Tamina and Naomi are there for the excitement, the spots or whatever. Uh, Lacey Evans for the dives. <laughs> oh, it's one of those where it's like, I feel like you should... Like, you're athletically gifted enough to do it. I've, you just, for some reason, it's not clicking. And when uh, when Lacey Evans goes for a high spot, it ends up just being a little bit funny. Her, her and Naomi doing the double dive where she just kind of rotates over the top rope. It's hilarious. <laughs> An amazing gif. But in terms of like the winner of this, it's really down to Bailey versus Sasha Banks. I don't think I've seen its elimination of anything. I think it's a straight up match. Um, whoever gets the first pinfall. So either Sasha Banks turns because it's Sasha Banks. She was obviously going to go for that title where the opportunity presents itself. It's in her character. Or Bailey in her new character finally takes the initiative for herself and she's the one to go after Sasha Banks. Either or. So in terms of like pros, that's a massive pro for this match. 
I feel like it should. this could, should be used to kickstart Bailey versus Sasha Banks, and he could do it long-term. Again, you might be forced to, but you can do this long-term. But how you start that, it could go either way. It could either be Sasha Banks destroying uh, Bailey or something in the, in the massive heel turn, even though she's still heel, but it's breaking up the partnership. Or you have Bailey go against Sasha Banks, and she's the one taking the initiative. Like, yeah, I don't mind which way you go with it. I might go with Bailey personally. Like she's the one who turned heel a lot more recently. While Sasha Banks, it was more yes, she turned heel, but it was more within her character. Like she's not had that massive a shift, whilst Bailey has been a ginormous character shift. So I'd rather like go more into that, and Bailey retains by taking the initiative against Sasha Banks, and she's the one that does that. You can build up the paranoia of it because there were the little signs. You can finally use <laughs> all those little notes that have, all, all those little. I didn't realize my soundboard's wobbling. Uh, yeah, you just realise there's all of those notes you can play of uh, like Sasha Banks doing a little jokey prod at the title and next time you do an interview, Bailey's wearing it on the shoulder. Little moments like that you can actually use, even if, if they were te- intended or not. You can suddenly make them intended in post, which is what this would be. Just do that, you switch it about. Thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> That's what i do. What would actually happen... I don't know, maybe Lacey Evans wins <laughs> something just completely out of left field and it was Bailey Sasha Banks having a quabble rather than fully having a massive turn moment. But again, as long as I'm entertained, I don't really mind given the current circumstances. Who knows what's going to happen after WrestleMania? I feel like I'm saying that way too much, kind of going around in circles. Mm. As I take a massive sip of water, I'm starting to feel it there <laughs> in terms of going on for ages. Right, number six. So, spoiler territory, talking about the SmackDown triple threat ladder match. Or whatever we're getting. So, spoilers, I guess, again, jump ahead to ten minutes. I'm starting pretty much at 40, so you can come back in at 50, if you care about spoilers. Again, a lot of people will listen to this after the fact anyway, so everything after SmackDown, so it doesn't really matter. But, what is, the Miz turned up to the WrestleMania recordings Showing symptoms, so got immediately lambasted and sent home, so we ain't getting this match, because The Miz wasn't there. What do you do? Well, personally, I would have just turned it into a singles triple threat. Unless one of the New Day also couldn't be there, or for some or something else, or with the New Day's like, well, if, I'm not, I'm not going to step ahead of somebody, I don't know what they would have been like. Whatever the reasoning is, it seems to have gone from a triple threat tag team match of WrestleMania to John Morrison versus one of the Usos. That feels really random. <laughs> Adding to that WWE TLC 2018, I think the year was, with Papa Kurt Angle, suddenly you've got a triple threat tag team match turned into a John Morrison versus one of the Usos ladder match. <laughs> like, who knows <laughs> how this turned into that? Where have the New Day gone? <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> was it corona-related or was it just panic booking well, let's just change it to this. Or, oh, I don't know. It made more sense immediately in my head of, well, why don't you just do a singles triple threat if you're going to get rid of the tag element? I don't know. <laughs> so, for some reason, John Morrison versus one of the Usos is apparently what we're getting. Who wins? Who cares? <laughs> this is random now. This is, whoever's left will just put them in this thing. It, there's, I don't know what it could possibly be on the line. Do you put the titles on the line anyway? I don't I don't know. <laughs> totally random feeling. But it's a ladder match, so it'll be entertaining even if there's like nothing to it or on the line really. 
ladder matches are fun. It's a WrestleMania ladder match as well. It's John Morrison's return to WrestleMania, and you put him in a ladder match. Things are going to happen there. You got Uso, he's going to splash. Things like that. Sticking with the tag team titles, as I'm able to absolutely blast. Black th- th- can't really speak. I'm absolutely able to blast through these final few because I don't really care really about any of them. The, the last one's at least got something to it. So the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, the Kabuki Warriors, who have been absolutely amazing in Monday Night Raw. And I, I just realised I said, oh, because I don't care. But this match has got Kabuki Warriors in it. I may have jumped the gun. <laughs> and they have been one of the best, consistently best, greatest things on Monday Night Raw in this new Paul Heyman era. They have been just a breath of fresh air. Uh, ask, and they don't fail to entertain me every single week. Asuka and Kairi Sane do something silly, something ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> Asuka in these um, no crowd in this no crowd era of WWE, where Asuka's come out and done stuff, and she's appeared on commentary, just shouting Japanese. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It it screams something that Vince also loves backstage. Just screaming Japanese, but she's so animated when she does it that it just it completely sells it. And uh, Kairi Sane was the same as well. When they're together, they just they just make me laugh. Fantastic, and because I've uh, engaged with enough Japanese stuff, I pick up the odd word. <laughs> now, my Japanese is good enough to maybe get one word in the entirety of what they've said, but I got that one word, and for that, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> well done, me. But anyway, they get their WrestleMania reward against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, assumably to lose against them, as I need to take another drink. Hmm. If I were to pre record like WWE, I'd just. Pause and take a drink, but no, I'm live. So I've got to actually blooming get on with it. Uh, anyway, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are their opponents. It screams that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to win the titles here. Personally, I think the Kukabuki wise are so great, I'd just keep it on them until you get to that point where people either get tired of the title reigns or get to move on. The big argument there being how fantastic Asuka is in singles context, uh, in, in singles contest, and Kyrie saying herself, maybe this has convinced people to give her the opportunity. Unless she wants to leave as well. The Kabuki wise to get split, I don't know. So it's likely that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to win. I don't know if you keep it on Kabuki wise because they are so great, or you've built up Bliss Cross, you go with that. that I'm assuming, in terms of the feel good, you would assume they'd go with Bliss versus and Cross. Well, you don't have the dirty foreigners win. <laughs> no, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, they've they've had their friendship built up there, the baby faces here. I get a feeling of a sense of feel good. That will be the feel good win. Into like because they're the good guy characters. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning. They're the good guys. Kabuki Warriors. They're awesome characters. They're not the good guys though. <laughs> they are meant to be the baddies. <laughs> so that's what I'm expecting here. Also, also there's going to be awesome animation to everybody Alexa Bliss is somebody who's always done really really well in that department and her playing off, off of Asuka like on Smackdown this week that was awesome <laughs> I love that so more of that here and Kari Sane and Nikki Cross both being thrown there as well who are both again really good at that aspect that this uh, it screams one of these matches where it's not probably not going to break three stars but I'm going to be thoroughly entertained <laughs> like, if you're doing it on the Dave Meltzer scale the actual rating, star rating of this match for me would never reflect my actual enjoyment of it. So Kabuki Warriors versus Alexis Nikki Cross will be a damn fun time 
even if I were at the end of it I'd go, oh, I don't know, two stars. <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed it. It was fun nonsense, and Asuka pulled funny faces. Alexa Bliss reacted with her own funny faces. Kerry Sane did a dance. Nikki Cross shouted in Scottish. <laughs> That's my review of this match. Oh, I need to remember that <laughs> to see if I can just copy and paste what I've just said there <laughs> for the review of it. Uh, match number eight, arguably the one match I could not care less about. Elias versus King Corbin. And to think the thing that might spice this up is a potential Gronk interference. <laughs> so, as you can probably tell, I'm not American. I have no flipping clue who Gronk is. All I know, I know him as the guy from WrestleMania 33, where security stopped him getting in. He's a, he's a friend of Mojo Rawley. He's an NFL player or former NFL player. And he's got, he's one of those with quite a act, wild uh, personality. But he's quite out there, he's eccentric. He's on, he'd be the player you get on your television show to inject loads of, of sudden energy. He, like, he's not going to host it, he's too much for that. But in terms of, like, not, not, <laughs> not, not, we don't be there. But in terms of, um, as a guest, he would just bring a load of energy, it would be mental. Also, as an English, from an English perspective as well, he came off as an absolute, which is a better word, knob or nonce. I want to say nonce, <laughs> really here. And it, somebody described it as it being like this too hype bro, Mojo Rawley's. It's like, oh, it's like even, like we thought Mojo Rawley is the hype, get hyped, stay hyped. I thought that was a little bit annoying. Gronk is that to the max, <laughs> which on the bright side means he could sell the gimmick. But as a host, bloody hell, he might become annoying <laughs> as hell. Um I don't know if it's like a culture difference thing between Americans and the UK kind of fans just watching it. But yeah, to us, yeah, he came off like an irritating nonce. <laughs> like, an, like, what a knob you are. <laughs> ah, there you go, use both of them. That can make me happy. Yeah, I don't know which is the better choice. So King Elias versus King Corbin. With Elias's murder and Elias himself put out a video on Twitter uh, where he was talking to the camera, just saying that he's trying to rehab. He's he's got nothing seriously injured, but he's not sure whether he'll be medically cleared. And then, so you got King Corbin. Does he face Elias? And if he has taken out Elias, which maybe SmackDown was setting up, does he face Gronk instead? And he turned it into a comedy match where beforehand it was Elias King Corbin, semi-serious, therefore probably crap. <laughs> this make it was like semi-serious, semi-comedy because of course with the song by Elias, whatever he would have sang, might have brought. Might have bought a little bit of laughter, but King Corbin versus Gronk on Mojo, that is pure comedy. You can even have Mojo turn on Gronk, and that gives King Corbin his WrestleMania continued streak. Is it a streak? I'm just trying to remember. He lost against Dean Ambrose, though, but that's on the pre-show. doesn't count. He won the Andre Memorial Battle Royal. He beat Kurt Angle, and he wasn't on 34. Am I right there? Was he? He was in the... On the main card of WrestleMania, he's won one battle royal. He lost. He didn't win one other battle royal. So neither the no the battle royal was on the main card. The first one that he won though. I'm jumping all over the place, talking really quickly. <laughs> so yeah, does does Corbin have a streak on the main card of WrestleMania? I want to say yes. This will be it's two or no, so it's not major <laughs> or anything. But he has lost twice on the pre-show, so he's defeated heavily on the WrestleMania pre-show. But on the main card. Does it count as a streak if you've lost on the pre-show? <laughs> That's the next qualifier I need to look up. So King Corbin keeps the streak alive and defeats Gronk or Elias, whoever it is. Ugh. 
because either and I'm predicting a Mojo Rolly heel turn in there. Like, yeah, even he gets annoyed at Gronk. We're not setting up Gronk and Mojo. Oh no, 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 no! Immediately you do the turn. That's what I come to the WWE to think. You, why would you introduce Chekhov's gun if you're not going to immediately fire it? Immediately fire it, WWE. <laughs> have Mojo turn on Gronk. I have no investment in those two. <laughs> but I don't know if Americans do have a bit more investment. But I've got nothing to break up their rivalry. It's been too long already. <laughs> and final match. I've done it in 50 minutes, which kind of proves how thrown together this card is. It's really difficult to give any emotion really towards it. And this has ended up as a, a nicer length for a YouTube video. But Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. So as I said, I'll be ending on a match that's actually got some story behind it to go into the match with, try and judge it on. Either you repeat WrestleMania, oh, which bloody one was it? Where it was Christian and Chris Jericho and Chris Jassus was in there. And it's got the feeling... Well, it, it, this kind of gives me... It reminds me a bit of that one. Obviously, I wasn't watch. I didn't start watching until the end of 2005. So I didn't really see the aftermath of this. I, I can't tell you what happened after this match. But uh, when it, me going back and watching that WrestleMania, it 100% works on that card. Again, I don't know the story really, apart from the promo package, I don't know the story afterwards. But it was 2004. It was that WrestleMania, wasn't it? It's whatever. That's WrestleMania 20. Yeah, so WrestleMania 20, Christian versus Chris Joko with Chief Stratus as the woman in there as well. And you got that feeling that Christian was going to, he was a good guy in that, he was going to get. And then Trish Stratus like turns heel on him in the match and Chris Joko gets the win. And that's that moment and they're both, turns out, oh, nope, they're both bad guys. Oh, difference here is in that storyline, Chris Joko, he, I think, right, he turned into a dick rather than being a dick full time. <laughs> like, like Dolph Ziggler. I um, that's the difference here. Dolph Ziggler is clearly the dick. He's clearly the aggressor here. And Otis, he just he likes Mandy, and then Mandy's yeah, it's the women's revolution. So Mandy is, is like, you're not going to fight over me though. Even though that's what this essentially is going to be. So either you can use that to have Mandy Rose turn on Otis, like I said, don't. Or she turns on both of them. Suck it. <laughs> or Otis gets the win, and you get your feel good moment, and Mandy Rose is like, way. Or again, you go with what happened at WrestleMania 20, and you make it, you make you make everybody truly believe that is what's going to happen with Otis in the feel good moment. But instead, she turns on him and she stays with Dolph Ziggler, and then you got the, you got your big duo, which then get featured afterwards. Again, I don't know what happened with Trish Stratus and Chris Jericho after WrestleMania 20 because I wasn't watching. <laughs> I'd say in a, in its own bubble, it really worked on the show. So I, they could either just completely recreate that. Or you go with your feel-good moment, which, again, outside circumstances, I'm betting on this show to really deliver on the feel-good side and just give you some like more upbeat entertainment rather than the sometimes heavy, uh, heel-heavy kind of output from WWE. I'm expecting a more feel-good feel. Oh, that's, a, that's a crap sentence. <laughs> but I'm expecting feel-good. And this match with Otis winning and he gets his moment with Mandy, I feel like that is the exact feel-good-natured thing to put on this kind of show at this kind of time. Of course, the question is, was that the beat WWE wanted? Are they keeping to many of their beats? How much of the original card and ideas they had, how much of that is still intact? Um, how much of that has just com- completely changed, be it very visibly from Braun Strowman, or be it like behind-the-scenes booking-wise, which could be this match? Of all I know, they could have been doing the Chris Jogo christian thing from WrestleMania 20, with obviously little differences. However, suddenly people need that feel-good pickup. Suddenly, Otis winning is kind of the only choice. 
<laughs> and you've set it up well enough where it can work. So that's my final closing words on this. As I, but my, my eyes are closing. I am tired. Like, wow. <laughs> wow, am I tired. Uh, anyway, thank you to everybody who's listened. I will, I need to plug my stuff. I'll be live on Saturday and Sunday for Laws of Pain Radio Aftershock. Immediately after both WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2. Yes, I'm mental. The state of me now, I need to get some sleep <laughs> these next two days, otherwise it's no chance of those shows being listenable in the slightest, or me making it that long. But I will be live immediately following WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday, and I'll be back next week with the post-WrestleMania world, where we maybe know a little bit more of what might be happening. Obviously, the final Raw would have aired at that point, or the final Raw of that block of tapings will have aired. And who knows where the world would have moved to by that point. Like in a week is a really long time right now, which I know before in the past I've moaned that, oh, like, are we, uh, are we going to go back to a kid where weeks seem to last forever? Well, I got that, <laughs> and it turns out I want to go back. <laughs> I don't like weeks lasting forever. I like it as it was. Yeah. Anyway, I will be back next week to talk about, in the post-WrestleMania world, to talk about what happened, and I'll be live after both WrestleMania events with Laws of Pain Radio, Aftershock. But please do... Check out the other shows here on LP Radio. A live after AEW with our AEW post show, Dynamite After Dark. Uh, this is good. All of these are on the podcast feeds. I just I'm extremely busy right now. I can't get to the like the YouTube stuff that quickly. Uh, I tried last week, but just didn't have the time. It takes quite a long time to put everything together. But uh, so Dynamite After Dark with Jamin and Jeff is all of these are available on the Laws of Pain Spreaker and on random Patreons. Uh, Kingdom of Honor have their own Patreon, which has got Dynamite After Dark and Kingdom of Honor shows with Jamin and Jeff and extra content as well. If you want to go check that out. Uh, Fridays, the Legacy Series, uh, NWA, uh, Miss Anna Mystic, currently with the Wrestling Mystery Bag as the NWA Power Shows are on hiatus with like everything else in the world. But yeah, you're getting Mystery Wrestling Bag shows. With uh, with those two, so highly recommend checking out those shows. They're really fun. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, you'll be getting aftershocks. Uh, Tuesday or Monday, I'm I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm I'm asleep on Monday. Uh, Tuesday night is Kingdom of Honor with Jan and Jan Man and his friend Jeff talking whatever they want in the wrestling world, be it WWE, Ring of Honor, the indie scene, what have you. Uh, also, the Quick and the Painless Pro Wrestling Podcast has made its way over to LOP slash Wrestling Headlines over on the Laws of Pain YouTube channel. Uh, their latest episode went up either t- this morning or yesterday. I can't remember. <laughs> Time is a flat blur <laughs> right now. But yes, and that is uh, everything on Laws of Pain as well. Also, uh, the Doc Trader Matthews, uh, a new episode of the Doc Say, I think it was new, I can't remember. If this one definitely was new, I've not had the time to check it out. But the Doc says has got an episode up on LawsOfPain.net as well, if you want to go and look at that, or wrestling headlines. I don't think the shift has fully happened yet. We're shifting from Laws of Pain to wrestling headlines, so I can actually tell people uh, which site I write for without it sounding like a sex thing. <laughs> so it's quite nice. It's like, oh, I write for a wrestling headlines site. Oh, ah. Compared to, uh, what was that, an SNM? <laughs> Monetization imp. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back next week, and I'll be back on Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to be knackered. I already am. Thank you for listening, listening all the way through to this if you're one of those mad people. So, thank you. Uh, send me uh, stuff on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at the TheDamnImplicat. You can read my columns every week. I don't think I'll be able to get something out this week. Again, I'm doing these three shows, and I'm busy. Uh, as I said, I moved up to the parents' Well, I only said that on the podcast version uh, before before it live on YouTube. But I am 
extremely busy helping people out and stuff, so I'm not really... I don't have that much free time. I'm becoming a good gardener, though. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening. I've not checked the comments. Uh, <laughs> let me just do that. I'm speaker first. There's never anything on speaker, but I'll check it first anyway. On the live chat for YouTube. There we go, probably find it. Uh, Glenn Hunt, WWE has a backup plan. Uh, WWE 2K20 Universe Mode PS4 shows. Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and then NXT 205 Live. Taping TV MPV event next week. Make announcement coming soon. WWE Money in the Bank, Miami, June 23rd, 2020. Uh, June is very unlikely. Um, again, I'm going off... Over in the UK, we've got so many different projections. Uh, I was saying it earlier, I might have said this on the podcast version. The projections for the UK are six months. Potentially six months, but we're handling it very differently. America should be looking at similar things. Do not expect anything in June. I mean, it could happen. It's just very unlikely. The peak of this thing isn't expected until May or like late April. So, like, we've got weeks of this building at this rate until that point, which is quite, it's obviously extremely depressing to think of it like that, but June is extremely unlikely for anything, and we'll likely get stuff maybe kicking either July or August. Like, SummerSlam might be the very first thing you can look at, because it's out that way, they've got the time to do it, they can do the TV building to it, potentially. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But it's interesting, I've seen on... Uh, up, up, down, down on Javier Woods or Austin Creed's YouTube channel where he's been doing the... Uh, it was advertised on WWE television about the dream matches on 2K20. So they've been doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, Universe Mode of 2K20 is hilarious. I'd love to see that because of all the bugs. <laughs> that would be amazing to see them do it on that. And the bugs would have to be canon. And I would be down for that. <laughs> because so much weird stuff happens. I don't know the state of the game currently. Um, I personally saw the reviews when... Well, I'm not buying a game that's broken, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> and um, I'm perfectly fine with my purchase. I've jumped back to 2K19 every now and then. Currently playing Control, because it was on offer. Well, I love. Uh, I like those games, like those kind of... Things. I'm getting distracted. <laughs> uh, and so currently I've been ending every one of my shows by informing people I'm currently playing the SSX games on my emulator, so I'm extremely happy... And I've got the old PlayStation 2 wrestling games as well. They're all like the SmackDown vs. Raw series. Really enjoying those. So I'm going to go back to them. I really like the more arcadey feel of the WWE games. I'm not as big as a fan of the 2K kind of more combat emulation-y thing. I much prefer the arcade style. It's a personal preference because I grew up with those games. And a lot of the games back then were all arcadey. Like the emulating reality or making it, trying to make it realistic. That happened like Call of Duty just eroded my favourite kind of game. <laughs> I really like the arcadey, cartoony characters kind of thing. That's why I gravitated to Overwatch when that came out. But like the current of like going for realism type of thing, that's just not my style. I prefer the arcadey stuff. And yeah, emulation, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah, for, or was it simulation? It's one of the two. <laughs> I'm tired. It's 1am. So, yeah. Anyway, I will be back next week. Thank you for everybody for listening. Or sending me messages or whatever. Uh, you can, yeah, follow me on Twitter at the damn implicate. The damn is in damn, and uh, I'll be here on Saturday, Sunday to talk about after uh, talk about bloody wrestling on AfterShock. I'm so tired. <laughs> Thank everyone for sticking with me. Uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. But not you.
you podcast listeners, you. Because I can't press five buttons at once. <laughs> uh, again, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Oh, no, we'll be back till Saturday, Sunday. I've it so many times. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. You'll get the lovely play button for the song. God, I am tired. Astronauts going to go really well <laughs> if I have this level of energy going in to WrestleMania. Good God. Anyway, thank you for listening. Without a bid you adieu, adios. Ten.